the spirit of curiosity of curiosity of curiosity of curiosity and virtually every day posting questions thoughts wonders poems observations always welcoming thoughts just curious Trying so much to do so much. Well, you know what? Isn't that what breathing is? On the Wake Up Radio, you know, within the Curious Observer segment. How's it going? I'm grand. Tell me, it's been a minute. How you been? You know, uh, to me, to me, I'll be honest, the way I would ex- uh, express the way it feels to be able to reconnect with yourself here on the Vine. On the vine, I would describe it as it's almost as though you get to question what is time. And when you look at the way we recognize this phrase time, and if you said it in another linguistic uh, origin, uh, tiempo, you know, they don't sound the same, but they point at the same thing. if, you know, even with language, there's different ways to approach that concept. And so it, it gives us the liberty to to wonder, well, is it therefore in our mind, you know, it, uh, it's, it's reality exists in our mind, not so much is it something that is, exists out here, but uh, it, it's a universal recognition somehow through this invisible you know, some invisibly it's recognized. And so I say all of that because that's the way it feels sharing conversation here with you. Uh, Cindy, I feel as though it was yesterday. And I think that phrase, you know, I think that that's why that phrase exists because there's an element of truth to it. Would you say? I would say it is an infinite, infinite. <laughs> it has been written already. So we supposed mm. to. We're doing it and stuff. So I definitely, I meant to ask you, well, what are we talking about today? You know, well, you know, here we are in the vibe and let's, let's just dive in, shall we? Anybody listening, you are, your feedback is welcome along the way. And we're just going to kick it off. And I, I thought I would share with you, Miss Cindy, uh, a thought that came to the flow through me on the last day of July of 2021, and it was minutes right before into the new month, which is at 11.44, this thought poem flowed through me. And uh, I thought I would kick it off by uh, tossing it at you, and you know, uh, welcome what comes to mind uh, on Saturday. So this is the what flowed. It is incredible to watch how much an invisible recognition of our times as such could drastically change before our very eyes. The writings are on the wall, both truth and lies. What comes to mind? 
You said the writing is on the wall, both truth and lies. Now, is that uh, overall of all of us, or is that like politics? Is that the news? Is that, I mean, that is just like, uh, yeah, y'all, is it in a category, or we're just talking about in life? Well, you know, it's whatever you see through. So it's like lifting the veil and seeing the other side. You know, is that so? I'm gonna riff off an idea that I, it seems as though that's what's along the lines of what you what what you felt may have been called forth just on its own. Would you say? Uh, pretty much. Okay. Okay. So it's like the element of in unveil onto the other side. What? How? How would you describe the other side? The other side is uh, almost like this side, right? Like you're tethered to it, right? It's like the movie Us. And so on the other side, whether it's shadow people or those other spiritual beings, I, I feel like it's it's like how we are here. Uh, we're either happy or we're miserable. Yeah, I don't know. I guess there's an in-between. And for me, the other side, lifting the other side of the veil is... Uh, it's weird, right? Because sometimes we get into things and we don't want to leave it alone and say, you know what, I think I'm done with this. And so I feel like that's what's on the other side of the veil. Those who never really wanted to leave, they still have unfinished business. Mm. Uh, so within the flesh realm? Pretty much. Okay, okay. You know, it makes what comes to mind are, are uh, for me are two thoughts. One is, um, is this when we're when we first arrive through a puny little fleshy bubble sack uh, that we recognize as a label baby. Uh, when we first land through it, you know, there's is isn't it just the epitome of of awaiting potential, which is why. We value the youth so much because there's so, there's the unknown magnitudes of potentials that could be uh, unlocked and discovered through those entities. So it's like, ah, what unfinished work? It's uh, it's as though they pick up, you know, when we're children, you know, we pick up uh, a, a sort of invisible baton. Like a, the generations are intergenerational relays. And so to me, what comes to mind is, ah, unfinished work that happens to transcend through each relay, through each passing of the baton. And the baton, like when we look at the Olympics, shout out to Olympics, right? We look at the Olympics and, you know, the baton seems like a quick transition but when we look at the spectrum of what that means, like uh, as a parallel to people, I wonder how long does it really take for that baton to carry through? You know, uh, there's is there not a developmental stage to being, you know, when, when especially like if you look at what happens, like here's a random analogy. Uh, what happens if you put a grape in a weird set of, conditions say at a vineyard the grape will transform into wine right 
And if you sustain that grape under longer conditions, that wine further transforms to brandy. And isn't it crazy how even further than that, if you hold it, it continues to transform from grape, wine, brandy to cognac. And to me, it's like, ah, so it's like a very stretched out relay. Like, like when we look at, again, to the Olympics, it's like a quick happening, right? But in reality for the flesh and the unlocking of potential and the handing off the, of the baton, that is a such a long process. It's an invisible, spread out, it, uh, a shared. It's like if you were to hold on to the baton at this for like decades. That's one thought that came to mind. Uh, the other, uh, in terms of uh, the other side, I wonder, and it's more of a question, it's more of a wonder. It's a, I don't think it's a complete thought, but uh, I thought I would just toss it at you. Uh, it, it's uh, along the lines of, isn't it crazy how much culture is downstream from technology? And what stems from there, for me, I'm curious what you think. Imagine, can we really imagine the magnitude of impact that the printing press was to culture? You know, the ability to be able to mass produce word in communication, something that can actually be read. Like the way we view putting up a post, somehow people can actually have immediate access to whatever it is that you thought. And, but then that miracle was the miracle of the printing press. And of course, or can we imagine even film being produced wasn't the news watched in theaters <laughs> that's crazy to even imagine like that was the news you would right. go to the theater you would dress up and you'll get you would receive the news so i'm thinking about uh, when you say uh as soon as you say film i think charlie chaplin right yes yes and so it's silent right so you had to in enact and invoke every emotion that was like, everything. it was all the rave, right? To just watch someone trip, fall, smile, be happy, be upset, right? Without words, without wow. words, right? Wow, and that was, and I can imagine the magnitude of impact that that was onto how many generations, right? Uh, the impact onto culture, because that was the best that technology could muster up by and it, could, it was only accessible by a few who can qualify themselves into bearing the capacity to be able to ut make utility out of it and currency out of it, where people actually make it a point to dress up, spend, exchange the, the dimes and make an exchange through the invisible realm, which is what is it? What is it? Why are people going to the theater anyway? There's communication happening by someone that put it together. And even then, like you said, you know, silent film, what, how could you communicate? Well, there's the, yeah, there was massive communication. You read, <laughs> you know, you read not only the words, but also the body language, everything. It's, it's, 
there's an invisible exchange that bore value. And of course, when the radio came in, what? There's there's whole industry, you know, that that was shaped out of it. And, and then, of course, the times, you know, during that era era of where where if people wanted to know what was going on in Normandy, you know what? We just invaded France, occupied uh, uh, when when it was a in German occupation. Like, oh yeah, that that could still always be. Countries can be occupied by a whole different order that's recognized as an uh, an, an expanding country from another entity. Like that's what happened. You heard it in the radio, and you, you know that. I can only imagine uh, the impact communications that culture was inf- impacted by because of the realm of what the radio isn't that isn't that crazy? And of course, let's flash forward. You know, uh, television. Bam! What? Oh my goodness! The, the 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 networks. There's only how many? There's only three channels, and expanded to I don't know how many. And I think it was 1994 where Bill Clinton signed something where all these different media outlets combine into only six entities or something like that. To me, just recognizing that is like, what does it mean? I don't know. But it seems like that's a quite the massive power play that is, once again, culture downstream from tech, technology. And then, of course, the early stages of the internet and the mysteries of mystery of it all and the wild west of it all and of course now the maturation of what social media is you know technology technology how from that stems into culture and well the other side that was the the point of all of this uh this thought from what you're saying that came to mind from about this poem the writings on the wall both truths and lies the, are, you know, are we getting, is, is this, is this medium that we recognize as social media, internet, and everything, the, all the programming access capacity that it's unfolded into today, 2021, now officially August, right? Is it, is it just, is it just also giving us the, the unveiling of what could now be seen of an other side what was impossible to be even have access to the radio. You didn't have access to the studio. You didn't have access to who was putting it all together. You would just receive. And now through the internet, not only do we receive, we can also perceive through it. And I know it sounds really lame. I was like, uh, uh, perceive, that's what we, that's all we get to do. Well, yeah, but you can also like, self-navigate through your perceptions versus be locked to by locked by whatever is received and that's it it's like it's received cool and i think that's the element that that came to mind for me is that a really long-winded thought (laughs) what comes to mind is that weird i i love uh, i'm like i need a glass of wine this guy's just going really deep Um, no, but when you're saying about perceiving things, I mean, in life, do you just put on blindfolds and cross the goddamn street? Technically, I've seen people, it, it's like they're doing that now. I, I don't know if you drive, but people don't yield at the stop sign anymore. People don't 
it, it, it's mm. like, like, you know, like the ants, you know how like ants are just always like in unison, right? They're traveling. And then sometimes they'll travel on top of each other. But like, you know, when humans crash, they crash, right? When they clash, they clash. And when mm. uh, you were talking about um, just, uh, just, you know, that, that language, the emotional language. And so even in film, even if you didn't understand what was being said, you can feel it. Uh, it, it. And I mean, technically, the news would be if you went way back, way back, right? It would be um, if I didn't speak your language, you didn't speak my language. We would go through emotion. I would be like, a, I'm thirsty. I'm parched, right? I would. I wouldn't say it. I would just. I would like the universal speak. understanding, which is emotion. That part, and then you think about hieroglyphics, right? Think of uh, the Aztec and uh, the Egyptian culture, and the fact that you were able to tell a story, right? So now they have to break that down. They're still trying to figure out what some of it means, right? Yeah, and, and that's you know, there's a guarantee that there are elements that are possible understandings. And then there's elements that are absolutely lost <laughs> and are approximations of what could be like, imagine trying to read something in what it was trying to say. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be super silly here. Like it was just talking about different socks that they have. Of course, I'm just making this up, but imagine that they're talking about socks and there's a difference. You know, you can get this one, you can get that one. Let's just say, and then thousands of years later, it's being read, trying to be understood and the, what is being interpreted is, imagine they're talking about, you know, this different, the way the sun lands at, on a certain part of the, of the world and the way it hits the, the angles and this. And I was like, dude, we're talking about socks. But sorry, you know, I'm not here, you know, 2,000 years later to be able to tell you we're just talking about socks. Of course, that's a stupid analogy, but the idea of approximation, uh, it could be, I wonder what is close and how, how much of it is is just an a, a ever so distant approximation like that ex terrible example. <laughs> well, no, that wasn't terrible because, you know, words get lost in translation. Emotions, however, I feel like that is universal. You know when someone's sad, you know when someone's happy, even the in-betweens, frustrated, exhausted. Um, Words get lost. And that's the thing about words. Words are not like forever, forever, but emotion for me is it's direct, right? You know, when someone's disappointed in you, if we didn't speak the same language and I'm trying to tell you I'm disappointed, I'm going to frown at you, right? And you'll get it. You'll be like, I don't know what the hell she just said, but she looks pissed off at me, right? Like right. I hope you know when their wife is pissed off, she's pouting. She doesn't even need to say anything, right? Even in a relationship, you you can tell when your your mate, your partner is not happy with you, and it's it's in the face, it's in the body. If I may add to that, you know, as a teacher, you know, being in the classroom with kinders to the fifth, I love that so much can be communicated whenever that happens. Say that a student is being a little bit adventurous with a particular. Uh, window of time that we share and, uh, and, and and there's disregard for whatever it is that we are doing at the moment and all of a sudden it's like and all, all of a sudden what could be registered and the outcome of that 
It's funny because uh, I'm thinking about when this plays on the, uh, when people are listening. So he gave everyone the teacher's look for, I need you to stop that. <laughs> the face you gave was like, let's get it together, right? It's that look, like, right? It's certain look. You don't have to say anything. Yeah, it's like language is, it, it oh, does it extend beyond the, the realm of symbolic representation visually, like on, you know, letter R or letter A, whatever, and beyond the the realm of utterance that we recognize as a, a sound voice that is being generated by one's lungs and tongues. It, 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 it could further extend in, you know, even if we're looking at each other, our body language, our face language, and even now within the realm of text, you know, an emoji, you know, different combinations even of emojis. I noticed that that's become a thing. I certainly have, you know, found a, a particular language vocabulary of my use of emojis to express, you know, like if I, you know, I have some comic friends and here in San Antonio and you know, watching their successes, you know, here's a sold out show. And, you know, I could not say anything in particular where, hey, good job, man, on this and that. I could just show an emoji with stars on, on my eyes, like that little emoji, right? And a uh, little, little lightning next to it and a bunch of music notes to essentially express excitement. Like, wow, like I'm saying all these things without using words. And it could be registered as such. Like, I, I, they'll, they'll interpret it however it is that they may interpret it that's approximate to what I am intending them to, to register from me. So language, it's a... So going back to the technology, you know, culture downstream from technology, you know, is, is language just not a form of technology? I mean, it is. Well, for me, when I think about language, I, I think about the fact that because it is limited, it's limited on purpose, right? Because you cannot manifest by saying, I want a new job. You cannot manifest that new car by just saying, I want a new car. You have to feel. You have to be in the present, right? You have to, the present, that's the gift, right? And so, Words are spells, they're incantations. Therefore, what you wish for, because you just might get it. And so I'm always like thinking, well, I'd rather sit here and kind of like, um, when I'm looking at a text, I don't like when you're late. I go, damn, is that, are they mad at me? Because you can't really tell with the words. Are you upset? Or oh, the no, scale or the degree of their upsetness. It could be like, like imagine if it was said, I don't like it when you're, you're late. Like, I don't like it when you're late. Like, oh, oh, okay. Or I don't like it when you're late, but it's all good. Or I really like, I don't like it when you're late. It's like all these degrees. I'm like, now you have to fill in the blanks with question mark. <laughs> and that's the problem with the, uh, for me, the technology. Yeah. 
because you're not really getting the true meaning, the true value. That's why when you, now we say happy birthday to through Texas and we say thank you through Texas, but how much better is it when someone picks up the phone and they say, hey. Shout out to those who still believe in phone calls. Grandma likes them. Grandpa oh, likes them. Yes. That's huge, right? It's it's it's, a, it's telling. And through culture, it is telling because we weren't raised like that. And so this new uh this new generation at Z, right? Is it generation Z for zombie? I don't know, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so is it one of those uh things where the more we're supposed to be advancing, the more we are falling back emotionally oh, detaching. And so that I, I don't feel like that's a good thing because that doesn't, that doesn't feed your soul. So true story uh, in the 19, uh, I want to say 1940s, they did a test on babies. Uh, they orphans about, I want to say 2040. Was that that Russian experiment or that one? Uh, I forgot in some European country. Oh, they didn't so many, but they actually did it in America. And um, they took a bunch of orphans from zero to 15 months old, and they decided not to give any eye contact, no smiling, just feed the baby, change the diaper. Well, darling, the baby started dying. Yeah, I heard about And they weren't, it wasn't because they weren't healthy, because there was no, the emotional void wasn't being filled. And then they would save the last 10 children, put them in homes, but by then it was too late. Eight of them died while still being loved, but they didn't understand love because no one gave them that unconditional love, a smile, a smirk, a twinkle of an eye because they wouldn't make eye contact. So only two children survived, which I say there are two psychotic serial killers out here if they're still in existence. Did they, did they follow them? Oh, well, the other two, I don't know where they are. I was trying to see if I could find them. That'd be so them. interesting. Hey, make sure they're not. <laughs> right? And the still face experiment, what the mother did was she sits down and she's playing with her baby who's about a year of age. I'm like a girl. Oh. And she gives a greeting to the baby. The baby gives a greeting back to her. Yeah. This baby starts pointing at different places in the world and the mother's trying to engage her and play with her. They're working to coordinate their emotions and their intentions, what they want to do in the world. And that's really what the baby is used to. And then we ask the mother to not respond to the baby. The baby very quickly picks up on this. And then she uses all of her abilities to try and get the mother back. She smiles at the mother. She points because she's used to the mother looking where she points. Yeah. The baby puts both hands up in front of her and says, what's happening here? She makes that screechy sound at the mother, like, come on, why aren't we doing this? Even in this two minutes when they don't get the normal reaction, they react with negative emotions, they turn away, they feel the stress of it. They actually may lose control of their posture because of the stress that they're experiencing. 
Watching the baby get distressed can be highly triggering. If a child can get so upset over a few seconds of cold and unfeeling behavior, we have a sense of what can happen over years or more of neglect. No wonder some of us don't feel so well inside. We had an equivalent of a still-faced parent for our first decade and more. But knowing how vulnerable we are shouldn't merely sadden us. We can take stock of how we've been failed and understand the link between the past and our present difficulties. Psychological research, like the still-faced experiment, is at the forefront of helping us to understand ourselves emotionally, shedding scientific light on the origins of our sadness and complexity. Along the way, the experiment proves something else beyond doubt. Love isn't a luxury. It's a gateway to our very survival and sanity. I, 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 we, how many times have you met someone and, and someone's cold and you're thinking to yourself, what was your upbringing like? Was it words or was it emotions, right? A kid that gets beat all the time, that's been treated with that military, you do as I'm, and did it, and then, but there's no connection of like love, a hug, a kiss. This is how we die inside. This is why I, I feel the way I feel about where anyone, you know, wearing the mask. I think people have the right to do what they want to do, but they have to think of what it does to you emotionally, physically, your brain, like everything, you know? And so you're not thinking clearly. You're not thinking straightforward and saying, wait a second, something's wrong here. Something. And now would you not die for an affection? Would you not die for a kiss? Would you not die to be loved? Because it doesn't make sense to exist in this realm if you are not loved or you're unable to love. You know, <clears throat> thank you for that. You know, it's it made me think of thought that flowed through me, and it made it put me in a position of imagining being one of those kids. So, anybody listening, imagine yourself being being an experiment. You know, and your arrival. You didn't expect it to to be, you know, that kind of experience. You know, you know, our arrival. You know, uh, it. You know, as if we can have ex expectation when we arrive, right? But <clears throat> through the realm of hindsight, you know, you we've we've come to an understanding. However, it is that we did become through across time. You know, from that perspective, I think that's why I say hindsight. We now have a, we can impose an, uh, an an expectation that would not be an experiment. But let's put ourselves there. You know, here you're all of a sudden you're an experiment. Uh, there's going to be a deliberate deciding of not expressing love onto your existence. And, you know, what, therefore, raise, it, it gives us a unique opportunity now from here, now that it's happened, to view the question, what, what does it mean to love? What is love? Is, you know, it's, 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 a, it's such a huge question that it doesn't do justice to be able to anchor it down. This is what love is. But it gives us an, a, 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 a slice of the pie that we can riff on. And I think for me, what that riff is of thought, is love the calling forth from, from I guess, who, who, calling forth 
you, the you that's receiving the other side of the of the love expression, calling calling it forth, like as as though invitation. Like imagine looking at a baby, and looking looking at looking at her in the eye, and she's making eye contact with you, and you express love as in like i'm feed i'm feeding you and all of a sudden there's a a recognition from this a little entity wow you fed me like i was hungry i was crying and because of you whoever you are i am now satisfied and i guess i'll be here longer i guess i i am gonna be here longer uh, I don't know how I got here, but because of you, I can rest assured that I shall be here longer. And what is that, right? You know, it's like it, it raises the question of like, what is life? Like, why are we here? But even despite not even getting to the not even getting to the answer of that, it, it gets to as as they'll call and ask those questions and approximate an answer without really getting to an answer. Imagine not having that. It's as though it's like we're falling into a, a pit of darkness of encapsulated via flesh. Like, have you ever seen, um, can you imagine like being hypnotized? And I, I saw a movie, I forgot. They did a really good job depicting what it feels like being hypnotized. Uh, it's like one of those scary movies and uh, the, the person was sitting on a chair and uh, the psychologist was doing something and all of a sudden the person, it, they did, the movie did a good job depicting as though like falling into a, a deep abyss within oneself and the eye tunnel just zooms like into the ever so distant distance and you're just kind of like in this weird space like I'm trying to move my body. And yet the reality of the body is it's just holding still, frozen, practically breathing. But the self is falling, falling, falling in distance. It makes me imagine, is that what it meant, must feel like for those kids who did not receive that love? It's as though through across time and across being wiped, you know, their booties being wiped and being fed and it's like oh it's just functioning like uh no one cares that i'm crying it's just a an unconditional recycling of me being fed when i'm hungry and and i'm shitting all the time and you know why am i here i don't know i'm just kind of floating and falling into the flesh and not being called forth hey self you're loved. Well, I don't know what that means, says little baby. But I, I, I feel you calling me. I don't understand what you're saying because I don't know this language yet. But I feel like you're noticing me. And then so it calls it forth to stay. That's just a thought that a very rough draft thought of what you call to mind, what it must, I, I could. Imagining what it may be like as to going through that experiment 
as opposed to how we could hindsight view what is ex what ought to be expected when we arrive. Mm. So when you're saying this, I'm I'm thinking basic needs are basic needs. Your food and your showers, but the, these things don't fill voids. Uh, they fill bellies, I guess. They feel, feed cleanliness, but love for me. As my grandma taught me, rest her soul, love does not hurt. Love transcends all, but it does not hurt, and which means it does not abandon. But mm -hmm. here's the thing about love. It's not really about the other person. You have to love yourself. You have to not abandon yourself. You have to not hurt yourself. And once you get to that level, you understand love at a deeper meaning. But have you, ever, yeah. have you ever been in a relationship with someone and they were just so sabotaged, destructive, because they didn't love themselves? And the more love you poured into them, it didn't matter. It just went into the abyss of their hate for themselves. And then you were depleted. And you said to yourself, why am I here? It's not enough love I could give this person. Because they have to love themselves. And when, when you said, what's the meaning of life? We won't give the answer. But technically, the meaning of life is to live. And isn't that, and, and there, there it is, there's the, the baton. Life is the baton. Because look at all the generations that came before that are not, no longer here. Just eons ago, right? What is an eon, <laughs> right? Just imagine, like what we were saying last time, you know, I think a good, a fun way to imagine what that's like. Like imagine the interval of those who are breathing right now, uh, all from the whole spectrum of those who have been here so long and those who popped out are, you know, are breathing technically. So like if you're to put them all in a room, y'all are an interval of, and of course there's the constant arrival, 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 parting, 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 but just snapshot right now, boom, that is an interval of, of, of and, and, and imagine it as a fabric, and a fabric of breathers, flesh breathing, being, uh, like an organism. It's like a giant fabric of an organism, and that's an interval. Now, if you were to flash backward, one interval in the past where the oldest person right before they arrived right before they right before they came on popped on right before that happened and all the people at that time who were the oldest that's that's the the interval from today then ago so it's like okay imagine 20 of those <laughs> imagine 100 of those Imagine there's there's way more of the then than there is entity than there are entities of right now. It's like it's imagine the crust of the earth. You know, the crust of the earth are those who are breathing in all the layers down to the core of the earth is everything that's ever been. And that's a lot of depth. So it's like okay. Those who are breathing bear the baton. 
Now, this I agree with you, right? Those of us who are breathing bear the baton, but how many of us are really even Running. doing anything with the baton, right? Some of us are just sitting there, forgetting we're in this race, this game of life. We're just sitting there. We're not passing it. We're not passing anything on to anyone. So technically, the buck stops with them, right? And so, uh, favorite recipe in your family. If that one person forgets to tell everyone, it's gone forever. forever. But you'll always have in your mind tasting of this. And you go, shit, I don't know how it's made because no one told me. No one passed that that piece of knowledge. I mean, I can, I can guesstimate I got to add this and that, but it's not the same. Why did when, you you, when it could have just been known. And so this is, this is, I feel like this is what's happening with society. We are losing culture. And you are, I'm going to say it, we are nothing without culture. I don't, it's, it's, we are nothing. We're inextricably tied to it. And so, you're, here's the thing. You know how they always say, oh, I wish I had a time machine. I wish I had a time machine. You do. It's in your head. Yeah. How many times have you traveled back? You travel back. You've traveled. Beam me up, Scotty. You can time travel. It's all in here. But is it? It's it's something something way deeper. I don't know if it's like an astral projection of some sort. I haven't really figured it out. Um, Alan Turing, the inventor of the AI, said, "I don't know what happens um, to the body." when it goes to sleep, it's no longer connected to the spirit because the spirit goes and goes everywhere. It goes everywhere. And you're, it, this is what dreams are, right? It just goes everywhere. It's like, like our antenna is extended and then we all of a sudden are residing within the extension of the antenna and that's outside of the, the body. And that's why the body, as it, it shuts down, it just stays in an idle position. But we all know that when when we, when the body enters that state, you know, where we go is not idle, <laughs> hence a dream, right? It's, it's, it could be, it could be uh, highly active and, and we can come out of it all. What if that's where the, because we, because that's a universal truth sleep. What if that's a, also an extension of reality with that we tend to disregard as like, oh, that's a waste of time. It's that thing you do that no one cares about. But what if it's one of the most holy of experiences where we actually reside? And and when we wake up from the extension of the antenna, this realm, what if this is really the dream? So like it raises the question, you know, what is a dream? But when we open our eyes, are we just looking right at it? Yeah, uh, when my son was eight, he said to me, uh, listen, when we're sleeping, we're really awake. But when we think we're awake, this is all a dream. So technically, this is the simulation. This right now is a simulation. From our dream. Tonight when, well, I don't freaking sleep. But <laughs> when I do get a chance. Get your rest, girl. When I do get a chance, it's amazing. 
I have endless possibilities of things that I can do on that other side of this realm, the veil. Uh, there it is, full circle. I, I wonder how much that's what it is that when going back to the, the poem, it is incredible to watch how much an invisible recognition of our times in this, on this side, right? As such, could drastically change before our very eyes. The writings are on the wall, both truth and lies. Wow. So I, I, I was looking for a text because someone, uh, Brother Urima, had texted me and uh, we were talking about sleep and death. And I said, you know, if you went to a nightclub and you saw sleep and you saw death, sleep is cute. Death, she's kind of like hideous, but she's really a sweetheart. And sleep and will kill dreams. Sleep, technically, if you sleep all the time, you'll miss out on life. But death is technically a rebirth. Death is really not as horrible as we think. There's a transition in. Yeah, it's like it's like death. It gets misconstrued, like the way we look at the word greed. You know, greed has such a stain. But you know, there's another word that you can shift the tongue in different ways, but it points at the same thing, and it doesn't have such a stain. And that is what self self care, I guess. What's the word? You know, we could find another one. Let's let's play. Let's riff with that. Unless another word comes to mind, uh, self care is like I'm going to, I'm going to like say we're talking about wealth, right? You know, uh, it, we can view greed. We can view greed and and stain money as like oh, you know, those who go after money. Uh, it's because they're greedy and all they want is they're, they're chasing that dollar. And then there's the other side that can view the same green and think in terms of self-care. I want to make sure I can provide for my family so that I can have fun. I want to be able to contribute to good causes. Whenever I see there's a cause that needs attention that otherwise wouldn't be able to breathe into existence if only someone believed in it. And I want to be able to contribute to it and <clears throat> be part of its expansion so that others could be blessed through it. You know, it's like, whoa, that's that's a whole other, you know, we're looking at the same thing. And yet one we could view with the word that fits, which is greed, I'm chasing that up, and one that doesn't at all invite that word and, and it invites us a whole other spirit. So and but yet it's still it's still attracting the green, right? It's still attracting the dollars. So it's like, okay. By the way, this is a thought that I wanted to mention earlier about the baton and what is like you said you said uh, uh, what could be lost in terms of recipes. You know, what about the recipes for wealth? You know, psychologically could we could we learn the wrong recipe? where we view food as a nasty thing, as a, a stain to 
don't be cooking. You know, cooking is for greedy people or where to change the word cooking. Don't be trying to seek wealth. You know, seeking wealth is and attracting and amassing and creating wealth is for greedy people. I was like, no, no, no. I'm just trying to take care of myself and those around me. And it, so I wonder how much could be lost across the 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 generational relaying of information of recipes on on being here, and how much of that is actually well put, well taken care of, just like family recipes. Oh, this is this recipe we've had for generations, and you know the way you taste it right here is exactly like the way great 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 grandpa or grandma. May, must have tasted it as and that's the, the best that we can have we've sustained this recipe slash let's replace that recipe with with generating wealth and so what what else what else could be what else is happening within this really there's so many layers i mean i'm gonna pause there because I, I rented onto into different thoughts but i don't want to no. go too off course well, I, I did. I, I looked up the word greed. Not that we don't know what it means, but I, I want to say this. Greed is a noun, intense and selfish desire for something, especially wealth, power, and food. Now, technically, power is a feeling. Is it not? Power is a feeling. Food, it's, 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 uh, it's something for nutrition, right? And then wealth, wealth, wealth is, wealth is generational, <laughs> it's, right? It, you can just, it's legacy, right? And so I, I think of wealth as like the, the thing that, that can self-generate, like versus like a lottery ticket, like you win a lottery, that's not wealth. It's like a, here's a bag of cash and you could turn it into wealth. Like for example, imagine turning that bag of cash into something that can generate into wealth. Like imagine if, like, what would I do? Like if, like if one of the things that out of many things, just for this real quick topic, like if I, if I, you know, got through a lottery, a billion dollars. Well, cool. Uh, I don't want to just have the billion, just have it only go down. Like, can we have it further expand? Can we have it self-sustain? Maybe in investing in real estate, people are always moving in and out. So let's put it there so that it doesn't, go away and therefore generate wealth. That's that's what comes to mind. Right. So like you said, you won the lotto. And I I don't know how many stories you've heard, and I'm sure you have, of people that said, oh, I used to be rich. I used to be rich. Well, you know, for me, richness is not just about money, about shekels. It's about friends, family, love, the people in your life. I, by saying you used to be rich, so now you had all this money. Did you invest? No, I spent, right? Or spent, you spent it like energy. Like we spend energy with just things and places we shouldn't. And we, we go, damn, I can't get those two minutes back. And I can't get the two years I spent in a relationship that was shitty, right? And you're spent. And this is like winning, lo this is like winning a lotto. If you don't take it and implement it in the correct way of what they taught you when they passed the baton, you failed. You're not even, you're not even in the race. If you're just like, well, I'm going to, I want a billion dollars. I'm going to buy clothes. I'm going to buy shoes. I'm going to buy a car. I'm going to. It's like, that's fine. But. <laughs> right. These things mean 
nothing. But now when you're thinking about someone who uh, hoards money and then they uh, do stuff, I'm going to be rude because I can. So like Jeff Bezos, you have Amazon workers. They're making $15 an hour. There's inflation. He's going to space. What does that say about a person that does that? And then and then says, oh, I'm donating. How about you make sure your workers has health care benefits? How about make sure, do you get what I'm saying? That, that, it, this is not fantastic. This is not a great legacy because there are a bunch of workers that are like, well, I got hurt on a job and now I had, they let me go and I can't even go to see a doctor because I was not even making enough. But this guy is going to space, even though there's a Van Allen belt in NASA, I can't even go to fucking space. But nonetheless, maybe, I don't know, he knows something we don't know. Do you want to tell Jeff and his brother they're not going to space? Because I ain't telling him. No, no, you're right. Shut the ass, Bill. Jeff and his brother are up in space. Do you know, I had another dream. I'd like to go for another 10 minutes. Close another ass, Bill. Jeff's not back to space again. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Bezos of Amazon has decided that he's going to space on a rocket that looks like a cock. The fact is, though, that he's been given billions of dollars of your money just so he can go to space on a cock rocket. Meanwhile, Amazon workers are treated like shit. Are you over the moon <laughs> about that? Sorry. Or are you fuming? Even for one of the richest people in the world, the stakes are high. Jeff Bezos announcing on Instagram he's flying next month in a rocket made by his company, Blue Origin. I am impressed by the cock rocket. It looks good. It was amazing to see those jets propulsion coming out the back of it. It was so cool. In any event, look at how it's being reported by the media. With a real slap on the back, pat on the back. Ingenuity. Stars, entrepreneurs, these guys are reaching for the moon. Look at you lot sat around eating Doritos in your pants. You're scum. You don't deserve to be happy. And you aren't, are you? Well, that's why. Meanwhile, though, another way you could report the same story, and the way, in fact, that we are going to report the story, is this. Jeff Bezos is getting given billions of dollars in order to pursue these what I might call villainous ambitions. Like, why do you want him to go to space? Leave space alone. Done enough damage on Earth, for God's sake. So, a few things are interesting about this. One, why are the media reporting it in this manner? And two, why are our government giving subsidies, tax breaks, and just plain cash to some of the richest people that have ever lived? Hannah Cox, writing in the Foundation for Economic Education, said, Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos are two of the richest men in the world. Musk's Tesla and SpaceX have received nearly $5 billion in government aid over the years in various forms, grants, environmental credits, tax breaks, loans, while Amazon received more than $3.7 in taxpayer subsidies at the federal level alone. Don't you, when you hear something like that, you sort of think, I don't really understand it, but it sounds like it's normal, <laughs> like it's sort of meant to be like that. Well, it isn't. Jeff Bezos, while ev evidently being a competent organiser and logistics manager for a massive company, is a person the same as you are a person. He is no different from you. There's no reason why you should be given... Well, there are reasons why you should be given 3.7 billion because, oh, he's creating jobs and he's creating... That's not really the truth, though, is it? So there are loops that exist within the realms of the powerful between government and big business, and these loops circulate and continually grease as they perpetuate. You see the Earth from space, and it changes you. It changes your relationship with this planet, with humanity. Well, I hope it does, Jeff. Because one of the things that it might be nice if it changed is the way that you 
treat your workers. Bezos's warehouse imposed strict production quotas. Sometimes I look down at the earth and I think, I'd like to impose strict production quotas on that. Arbitrary firings, total surveillance, 10 hour workdays with two half hour breaks. I look down at that mystery and think, well, that is the same earth that Shakespeare and Mozart and Gandhi walked upon. The earth of all the great mysteries and I think, I'd like to impose very short bathroom breaks on that. But this global perspective which Bezos claims or engender this or not else, a sense of oneness, of unity, of fairness and justice. How can you be like a billionaire titan and still sort of go, no, 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 we're not paying them that, we're not paying them that. No, they're not going to unionise. If they unionise, they'll have a voice, they'll have power. Isn't there enough money? Isn't there enough profit? What this kind of news reporting does is it promotes the idea, insinuates the idea insidiously into your mind and my mind that these people are superior to us, they're different from us, they don't have to live by the rules that we live by, that they're entitled to 3.5 billion tax breaks, while human beings, exactly the same as him, aren't allowed to have toilet breaks or unionise in the companies that foster, garner, funnel that wealth to him and his rockets. And it also, if someone's got that much money, why are you giving them a subsidy for? Oh, you know, we give them a subsidy and then they keep their factories here and they do this and they create these jobs. This is an ideology. If this was a religious ideology where people wore funny hats or capes, you'd be all over it, wouldn't you? You'd be like, oh, this is just made up. This isn't real. There is no God. There's a man in the sky in a chair. Yeah, there is a man in the sky in a chair and it's Jeff Bezos. During the pandemic, Musk, the dude who won the contract, fired workers who took unpaid leave during the pandemic. Cool. He's virulently anti-union. National Labour Relations Board found that Tesla illegally interrogated workers over suspected efforts to form a union. There's a legal way of interrogating people. Fired one and disciplined another for union-related activities, threatened workers if they unionised, and barred employees for communicating with the media. I'm not talking about this will go socialism, have state communism, Allah, Mao's China or Stalin's Russia, saying, have a fairer, more just society. The only way of doing that is to ensure that people that do not have the power to send their brother off on a rocket for a bit of a laugh are able to get a bloody toilet break. Only six seats in the capsule, each with a window. One seat on Bezos's flight will go to the winner of a month-long auction currently in progress, bidding already soaring to over $3.5 million as of tonight. It's like a real-life Willy Wonka, except where Charlie Bucket's got to pay for that fucking ticket. What a remarkable opportunity, not only to have this adventure, but to be able to do it with uh, my best friend. I love you, I love you too. I've not got nothing against brothers cuddling. <laughs> it's just it seems like a ghouling, disgusting, lachrymose, sentimental trick to hoodwink people into accepting uh, unfairness, inequality, in a very practical and real way in the case of people who are working at those organisations and in a more general way for all people that are suffering and feel that they don't have access to let alone their sky-high giddy kid dreams but dignity and ordinary rights. His money has gotten him the power to say I'm going to outer space. I can't wait to talk like that. I'm going to outer space. It's all in here. Or maybe I think outer space there's like a portal, technically, not to jump uh, subjects, but I really feel like space is a portal and it's here. It's here. Mm -hmm. Water, or maybe here. Just, there's certain places that you go where you kind of, you can feel the energy shift. The caves, mountain, trees, woods, just places you go. And then it, it just feels different, like you're in a different time and space. But well, I, I like that because... The, the realm when we look at space could could that uh, the, our understanding of space 
can trap us in misleadingly from from where it also is. And what I'm trying to say is, you know, what comes to mind when you hear the word space, the thing that's up there, well, actually it's everywhere. It's It's here too. It's like you close your eyes and there's space in front of your eyes. There's space on behind your shoulders and 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 may it not be underestimated just because it's near you it's still the grand mystery of that is of space way over there is that kind of like what you're referring to oh no i, I totally get that even like you close your eyes because that's that's how i feel sometimes when i'm you know you're trying to because it, it again back to the feeling it's a feeling you get what you you have a, someone says um oh do you think this this is correct and you go no nah, it doesn't feel right it doesn't feel right things can read a certain way but it's a feeling you get or you meet someone and it's like kindred spirits oh my god we get along i've known you in the past lifetime and you meet certain people and you're like i don't like that motherfucker for nothing i don't know what it is they've done nothing to me i cannot stand them ugh i'm gonna stay away from that person you know it's all a feeling and so now if space is here with us and we're in it we can't see it because we're closed-minded it's like the veil there's a lot of people that don't believe in, I love horror. Oh my God, when you were saying there was a movie and it fell back in the eyes and I I, I love horror because I, I love, because you go through a, a range of emotions and I like mm-hmm. my emotions. It's like an emotional journey that they take you on, especially good movies. Right, and so a lot of people don't like that feeling. They don't like the feeling of their emotions shifting every fucking two seconds. Oh, my God. Behind the door. Oh, my God. Run. Right. There's like so much and your heart beats with them. It's like you're there without 3D glasses, but you're there because in your head, you know what it's like to be fearful. You know what it's like to be in a rush. You know what it's like to I'm going to get through this and I'm going to win. Well, you know, what is it? It's so a man think it, he believe it. And if you just believe, oh, I look up, it's the sky and that's it. People don't even look up anymore, by the way. They don't. Mm-hmm. People don't look at the birds and the trees. I like talking to trees. And I know it sounds quirky, corny, and whack and weird. But not, you know, I get it. It's only, it's only quirky from the perspective of, uh, from the perspective of imagining like what you're talking to a tree as if it's going to be responding to you like, hey, tree, how you doing? Well, I'm just kind of hanging out here. You know, what about you? I mean, of course, that's it's like that's not what we mean when we say and that's why language limits. But we have it takes all further language to clarify, you know, when one says talking to trees, I'm not talking to them like, hey, what's up, buddy? It's I'm, I'm talking from the perspective of what the point of language is in the per- first place. It's to extend from the depths of self uh, outward into other under other entities that also, as a matter of fact, exist like a tree does. And sure, it doesn't have a lung, and then it, it doesn't have the capacity, the matter capacity, the 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 physical capacity to be able to. Ah, I'm here, you know. It doesn't have that. So when we're under the understanding that that's not what we mean, but 
there is an entity there and it does register something just by the mere fact that, that it used to be a seed and what is a tree anyway, but a collection of the sun, a collection of water, a collection of the soil, a collection of who knows what. And, and so therefore the tree is, came to be. And so it's like a lot more complicated than just like, oh, I'm talking to a tree. There's more things going on. There's going back to what is, what is the meaning of life and what is love? And, you know, maybe we can't concretely answer it but we can answer towards it within that, within the realm of mystery. Even there's much that can still be registered and much could occur. Much occurrence could be, could still be present. Even if another third party is viewing and then doesn't understand. Okay. So along the lines. Wait. So when you were saying the tree starts with a seed, didn't we all start in a seed in the sack of my dad? And then planted in the womb of your mother and you grew into uh, there's no there really no difference it's like we all parallel we all parallel each other you know what is our flesh it's not the same flesh that that came out of the the womb it's you know that's long gone that's been that's been many diapers ago that's that's a lot of food ago that's a lot of water that's a lot of that there is a i mean uh what's the english word uh uh you know, that's a lot of bottles that have already recirculated through us and no longer is here. So it's like our nail at some point, billions of years ago, however, however long life has been on this world. At some point, it, it, it could have even been a whale's tail. <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. A whale's tail. No. So I once heard a guru and he talked about when we were uh, beings of no flesh, we were asked, what would you like to be? Would you like to be in a human? Or would you like to be a tree? Would you like to be in the mountain? Would you like to be the wind? Would you like to be? And that said a lot to me. Now when I looked to the picture window, it became an oval again. I was in my mind's eye. So I turned my gaze toward where our kitchen should be. This too triggered a memory. There was a larger, more cavernous space of some kind here. It was bright, an impression of a large crowd. They were waiting for something. Now I was among them. I was waiting for my turn. My turn came and I felt a great anxiety. But I stepped through the doorway and found myself in this space with the oval window. This darker space was somewhat formless and sparsely decorated. There were other beings here, much larger than I was, and their shape was like that of humans. They were like pure energy, sparkling and flowing. A large planet loomed directly outside. One stepped forward, very matter-of-factly raised one hand toward this planet, which I now recognize to be the Earth. This is where you are going, it said. I was now very afraid. I don't like it there. But it is your mission. I became very upset, and he sensed this. 
All right. Wait a moment. My guide walked over to his companions, who were of many varying colors. They stood in a circle and conferred with each other. I sensed no emotion from these beings. They were merely there to inform me. They felt like they were guides of some kind. It has been taken care of. You must trust us and go. This is the entirety of what remains of this memory. When I was younger I remembered great details of larger conversations. Every few years the memory would resurface again, only foggier. I didn't want to lose it so I began to tell people, and I also wrote it down. In around 2012 I finally searched the internet for pre-birth memories. Actually I'd tried once or twice previously over the years but never found anything, and this time I found a very large archive. Because one of the things that was the hardest thing to be was human. Because we didn't really, it was something like, like you're saying, the baton. It's something that, I think that's why most of us keep coming back, right? They talk about a soul trap and how many karmas and how many lives have you been here? And we're not getting a message. We can't ascend because we haven't learned our lesson and we know better. The trees, the animals, the bees, the mountains, they're all energy beings. And just because we can't see it does not mean it does not exist. If you think about how Bitcoin, crypto is created, crypto is created through energy, geothermal energy. What do you mean El Salvador is going to Bitcoin and they're using a volcano? Let that shit make sense. It's speculative, right? It's this, oh, it's money. Where's, there was a time when money was bothering. I give you something, you give me something, and fair enough. Fair, fair, thank you. I'll see you next week, right? And so now it's this, it has something to do with imagination, but there are things that are existing, entities that exist that are not in human form or flesh, but of the trees, the woods. You know, even the birds and the bees, there's an ecosystem. The interconnected ecosystem that is at play always. You got it. Yeah, that's how I see it. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, mm, 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 mm. Look at that. By the way, just so y'all know, anyone listening here, uh, you know, we be riffing, we're, we, we be exploring thoughts is all, is all we do. And, you know, this is cool because... This is the second time we've actually ever spoken and we met through the, the virtual highways, the virtual portals, the virtual infrastructure that has a fun name called Instagram. But really, you know, there's so much underneath the word Instagram. You know, there, there's, there's, there's new pathways that just are and they're quite uh, mysterious in its allowance. And well, that's how we met and, uh, so, you know, uh, I, I love that. So when anyone tuning in, know that what, what to expect is always discovered as we go. So you are also welcome to be part of what it is that would, you'd be curious to, to see what could be explored and expanded about. So join us, follow us. Where can they follow you? See you. 
So uh, this is on the wakeupradio.com. You're listening to, um, and uh, this will be on iHeart, Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts. Get connected, y'all. Yeah, we're everywhere. It'll also be on otwtube.com. We have our own platform in case the other uh, corporate entities don't like what we're saying. We have our own OTW. That's cool. Isn't that great, guys? Support it. Support, you know, the invisible exchange of language and thoughts and ideas. You know, you know, it's a, it, it, it's all a miracle. The, the fact that it's all happening, it's a miracle already from the get-go from in the first place. So, you know, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for tuning in. You can find me on Instagram. Uh, you type in Ricky Ray, Curious Observer, R-I-C-K-Y. R-A-Y, Curious Observer. And of course, I got a YouTube channel where I share similar a lot similar waved wavelength of thoughts. I have a podcast, type in Curious Observer. You are welcome to share your thoughts, you know, and especially as we all share and wonder with the spirit of curiosity. Where else can they find us, Miss Cindy? Is that I think are those are are those cool plugs? I mean, those are awesome plugs on the Wake Up Radio Instagram. I mean, yeah, everything's just on the Wake Up Radio. <laughs> yeah, I just keep it simple. But where to find you? Because we're just what curious observer. That's what they show. Aren't we all just curious observer? Well, thank you, Cindy, for the the welcoming of uh, gracias. And stay tuned for the next wavelength of time. Thanks for keeping the lights on, Diang. Cindy Ashley On the wake up. You, the people, have the power. The power to create happiness. Let us use that power. Let us all unite. Let us fight for a new world. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful. To make this life a wonderful adventure. By the promise of these things, brutes have risen to power, but they lie. They do not fulfill that promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. Now let us fight to fulfill that promise. Let us all unite. OTWTube.com, uncensored free speech platform.